Mainland Podcast is back. Hello, everybody. I'm Michael Citro. I am the managing editor of TheMainland.com, your favorite Orlando City SC website, or at least I, I hope it is. Uh, joining me this week, as usual, we've got Andrew Marcinko. We've got Austin David, but special treat for you. We've got a voice that seems like it knows a lot about soccer because it's British. We've got Andrew Harrison with us this week. Hey, guys, how's it going tonight? What's up, Michael? Thanks for having us. It's looking good tonight, Michael. Excellent. And, um, you know, we're coming off a big 2-0 win at Portland, at the Timbers. Uh, I will sit here and say that we all, all three of us, Austin, Andrew Marcinko, and myself, all predicted 1-1 draws in that game last week on the podcast. What did you guys think of that game, how it unfolded? Were you a little bit surprised that Orlando was uh, on its back foot so much early and then a lot of the second half? Or did it kind of play out how you thought it would? Uh, Andrew Marcinko, let's start with you. Well, first off, I want to point out that I made the prediction first, so your guy's bad for predicting the same thing I picked because that's a classic mistake. <laughs> Never going to get it right if you pick what I picked. So. It's not the price is right where you got to go $1 <laughs> off. Just go something different for me because that'll give you a better chance of being right so far this season. But, I mean, obviously an awesome game. I mean, it was great. Like it, it felt great. It feels, it feels like we have all the momentum in the world right now. We dominated Portland for most of the match. Things slowed down a little bit in the second half, but it was it was pretty fair, playing with the lead, defending the lead. Um, everything looked great. They actually turned their possession into goals, and that's what we've all been asking for. So hard to really have any complaints after a solid win. That's true. Austin, do you think the team parked the bus a little bit in the second half, or do you think it was just uh, Portland adjustments and uh, pushing numbers forward? Well, I think... Honestly, like the way Adrian Heath kind of, you know, put out his lineup there, it was almost like he was playing very defensively. Three in the midfield, he had, you know, Sarah and Okugo and Higuita in the midfield, so he was already kind of preparing himself for the the onslaught of attacks and Darlington Nagby and you know all the speed that he brought in, and it, it kind of turned out where, you know, it really worked out for them, not just necessarily keeping Portland at bay, but also you know getting chances of their own. And, um, you know, obviously Laren had that uh, very nice chest goal. Um, and then, you know, Kaká in the second half had his, uh, his penalty as soon as Carlos Rivas came on. Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised, all things considered. You know, Portland's a very <laughs> tough place to play. And, you know, to, to pull out a result like that is, is a, you know, it's great, especially this early in the season. Sure is. Andrew Harrison, um, for my money, the best game we've seen out of Donovan Ricketts in an Orlando City uniform so far. What did you think of Ricketts' performance, and who else stood out for you on uh, on Sunday? Uh, I thought Ricketts had a great game. I think you really showed the fact why we went and picked him number one. Um, I don't know if it was just because he was returning home after playing for the Timbers for two seasons, and but he really looked like the Donovan Ricketts of old, you know, that goalkeeper that's won two MLS goalkeepers of the year and I thought he put in a great performance and I'm really glad to see him nominated for save of the week this week too he's up against some tough competition but we'll see um, I think really and I, this is going to sound really obvious but Breck Shea just had a fantastic game um, I saw his header slash handball situation um, just on the instant replay for MLS and I think he just played out of his skin once again and I know that I had some doubts about him playing at left back, but I think he's really starting to show the faith that Heath had him in and why he brought him in. 
Now, yeah, I will, I I'll think, say about uh, Breck Shea, though, uh, it's still, I still question a little bit because as good as he's been, and he's been great, incredible, he's doing very well left back, but he's so darn talented, and he's playing on a team that in Orlando City that has had some trouble scoring. I'm still not 100% convinced he wouldn't benefit our team more playing the left attacking midfielder. I know this is something that Austin said um, prior to the season, too. So I'm not going to say I feel that way 100%, but I'm not convinced that he helps us the most at left back either. I think my my response to that is I watched him in the USA-Switzerland game. I think it was the Switzerland game, and he played left midfield for a while. Actually, no, sorry, it was the one before that. Um, he just looked bored playing left midfield. I feel like he enjoys <laughs> the danger that involves being played at left back, and, you know, if he messes up, somebody's in on goal, and I really feel like he goes to sleep when he's playing at left mid. I definitely agree that he has the ability, and he is playing so well that he could probably solve that left midfield spot for us in the future if it if we can't find another solution but right now you've got to say that this is two team of the weeks i think in a row you've got to keep him playing where he's going well and i hope that carlos rivas is back to full fitness here shortly and people seem to think he might be the answer out there so Mm -hmm. him at full fitness we'll see but obviously he hasn't started the last couple games here so we'll see about this week well, I think Espria did turn uh, Shea around once or twice there in the second half. But other than that, Shea did have a good game, and I agree with that. Uh, I will say that I don't think Rivas is a fitness issue anymore. I think that was tactical okay. to uh, to kind of slow down Portland and um, to play that extra defensive mid and then to bring Rivas on late. I thought that was all completely tactical, and I think as long as we're having issues at forward – that Adrian Heath will want to keep a guy like Rivas in his pocket for, for that kind of a for exactly what happened on Sunday, where he comes in late when everybody's tired, gets over the top of everyone, and has a scoring chance, in this case, uh, drawing a penalty on the goalkeeper. And, uh, you know, luckily Orlando able to convert on the second try. Thank you, Portland, for going into the box ridiculously early. Um, I also want to talk about Aurelian Collin, because I feel like every week this guy is just showing us why Orlando City took such a big leap of faith with him and bringing him in and making him part of the spine of the team. Um, what are you guys' impressions of this guy? Because he had a scary moment early on where he just threw Nagby to the ground um, and didn't get carded for it, which was awesome. Uh, and he was physical all game long. And, and I don't think Portland necessarily liked uh, being bodied up by the big Frenchman. I think um, Colin has played pretty well this season. I think he's always going to have those rash moments. And I think actually Andrew Mosinko said it pretty well, is that, you know, Matt Beasler made him look good. I'm wondering if Seb Hines is helping him actually elevate his game right now. I think he's realized that he has a good partner at center back, and he's actually being able to go a little bit forward. And sometimes when he gets caught out, it's leading to those rash decisions. But I thought he really realized that, if he did that again, he was going to get a card and he was going to be on thin ice. And I think he's really growing for this team. But I think really what we really want to be focusing on is the growth of Heinz. And with, since we didn't really know anything about him, he's really stepped up his game and made us a very solid pairing at center back. And call it, call it like, like I don't know, how, how I learned to stop worrying and love the Aurelian column. Like it's, it, it, he's, <laughs> he's, 
he's going to give you these ridiculous moments where he decides to suplex someone, you know? He's going to make mm-hmm. some mistakes where he, t- he tackles someone in the box or he gets a red card. He's done that through his career, and, like, you hear that about him around the league and on Twitter and stuff. People know that about him, but six games in, watching him play for my team, I'm starting to like him a lot. Because <laughs> outside of that yeah. stuff, he makes some incredible tackles, some last-second tackles, some great plays. He's, he's huge in the air. I mean, everyone knows that. He, he's one of the best in the league in the air. So as much as some of that risky stuff and some of those rough plays, you kind of want to hit yourself on the head and say, oh, my gosh, the things he brings to the team that are positive are outweighing that for me so far. Yeah, and he's a, and he's a leader, too, and that's a, the great thing about it. You bring up a good point, Andrew H., about Seb Hines, and I think he's been a, pretty underrated by our fans and by us even probably. Um I want to talk a little bit about Seb Hines and the fact that he just continues to help put a wall up around that goal uh, in the second half of that game, despite the the possession advantage Portland had. Uh, Hines and Akugo and Colin and those guys just kept blocking shots and keeping keeping Donovan Ricketts clean. Austin, I want to ask you about Seb Hines. What are your uh, thoughts on him, his play so far through six games? Well, I mean, to be honest, when he was first brought in, most people were thinking, oh, this is just kind of an emergency thing because we couldn't get, you know, Paulo Andre or Gustavo to work out, and not many people thought much of it. They were thinking more Sean St. Ledger because of, you know, his his background with the, the national team in uh, in Ireland. So, you know, he was kind of an afterthought to begin with, and now that he's actually come in and, and played very well these past six games, he wins everything in the air. Uh, he, he's got good quick feet, so he can you know, kind of move around a bit. He has experience pay, playing on the outside as well as center back. So, you know, he, he kind of knows the general vicinity of, of the defense back there. So, you know, that's always very helpful. But, you know, he's he's just, he's very solid. And, you know, he he's he's still kind of an afterthought. And that's that's really a good thing because the the less you call his name and the less you call attention to it, the more effective he is as a defender. Yeah, I think Hines too is gonna. He's my he's my pick for the first header goal of the season. I, I he's really good in the air, like you said. And, and Orlando City doesn't have a header yet, and I think it's coming. And it's going to be set Seb Hines on a set piece. Um, why don't we turn our attention to the first start in the career of a very young man named Kyle Laren, who is going to turn twenty on Friday, and um, one start, one goal. So does that mean he's going to just score every time he starts a game? I mean. Um, not that I think he had a whole lot of choice to score. Because the way Kevin Molino scorched that ball into him, it was it was going to put a hole in him or go in the net, one or the other. So, uh, but it was nice to see him find space, get free of guys, make runs that continue opening up uh, holes for Kaká and Kevin Molino to take the ball forward, uh, much like we saw him do uh, when he came on for the injured Pedro Ribeiro in the DC United uh, match. Kyle Laren's game overall, Andrew Marcinko, what were your thoughts of it? Yeah, I mean, it was solid. I, you know, I'm not going to stand here and say uh, I'm totally sold. This is the, the forward of the future for the, the next 10 years of Orlando City. He played well. Did he dominate? No. He looked like a 22-year-old, 20, I think, rookie at times. Didn't you know dominate the game? Sort of disappeared in the second half. It was So he looked three years older than he really is, is what you're saying. Oh, is he, was he 19? No. He's 19. No, yeah. he's not. I thought he was older than that. Turns twenty on Friday. Oh my gosh! So so he looked like he looked like a young man at times. 
He disappeared in the second half, which is easy to forget after he sort of scored the goal, which obviously Orlando fans were kind of freaking out about that he managed to score a goal when he'd had such trouble with that. But <laughs> worth remembering that he wasn't, you know, able to take over the game or, or control the pace of play, but he did add a little more in in the runs and making those making himself available to the midfielders, which was something that was lacking a little bit with Ribeiro and to an extent Rivas as well. Uh, he did have got himself a pretty good opportunity. I, I think it was earlier on in the first half. He sort of found himself open at kind of a bad angle in the box on the right side. He put a shot. It was a sort of a soft shot and went a little bit wide. But just that kind of run where all of a sudden the center forward is finding space in the penalty area to get the ball from Kakan Molino, something we were lacking and something he seemed to provide a little bit of it. Yeah, and, and to me, just his movement is, is – you know, he's not where we want him to be yet, but uh, and it's only one start, but his movement is very good. He seems to find pockets of space. He seems to open up areas for Kaká and Molino to run into, which is, the you know, a, an underrated part of playing that position. And, I you know, I'm excited about this young kid. Um, Austin, what do you think uh, Kyle Lahren's ceiling is for this rookie year? Hmm. His ceiling... I'm not 100% sure where his ceiling is because I don't know how much playing time he'll get once all the forwards are healthy. Martin Patterson, obviously, he was the, the plan for this, this year while the, the young guys you know, kind of got up to speed with, with the MLS. So the fact that Laren's starting is kind of just because of all of the problems that they've been having. Mm-hmm. But I think the more he gets playing time, the more comfortable he'll be in that situation and the more goals he'll be able to score because he's, you know, getting more comfortable. And you saw after he scored that first goal, he was, he looked a a lot more confident out on the field. You know, he was, he was trying things that he wasn't normally trying, you know, before he scored. So, you know, with more goals comes more confidence. And if he continues scoring, he has a very high ceiling, but it, it really all depends on, on how he, he, kind of meshes with the rest of the guys well, going and I forward. Well, and I normally like to be a voice of caution, but I would say this wouldn't be the first time Major League Soccer has seen a young forward really kind of take the league by storm. I mean, you can even look to another Orlando City player, Danny Mwanga, for a guy who had an incredible first year or so. He's had some trouble since, but you can even look to another another former Lion, a former Lion in, in Dom Dwyer, guys who went right in and really kind of took the league by storm in, in attacking roles. So not impossible that he goes on to start a bunch of games and score, you know, maybe double-digit goals for us this year. I, I wouldn't rule that out. A double digits would be great. And um, Austin's got to put a dollar in the swear jar for saying the MLS. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's turn our attention to back home here for a minute. Uh, this week, Orlando City announced a friendly for the uh, 2015 season. May 2nd are going to be playing a team from Brazil's top flight. Uh, hit us with the name of that team, Austin, because I know you say it really well. Oh, I, I say it very well? Okay. Yeah, say it. Oh, how do I say it? Uh, Ponte Preta. Okay, Nailed so Ponte Preta. It. <laughs> May 2nd, in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, if you're a season ticket holder, this is part of your uh, your three bonus games that you get in addition to the MLS regular season games. Uh, if you are not a season ticket holder, you buy you can buy individual tickets uh, starting uh, Thursday. So this 
podcast is running on Thursday, so today. So go to Ticketmaster and get your tickets for that game. Um, Andrew Harrison, this is not a Newcastle United, and this is not an you know an AS Roma. What do you think of this friendly? I. I, I got two feelings on it. One, I, I'm glad to see that they're still going after that Brazilian market. We're heavily invested in it, and it's nice that they've managed to fill in the void and actually bring a you know a well-known Brazilian team, at least to Brazilian fans, um, to the town. Uh, but my other feeling is I feel like bye weeks are meant for rest, and I feel like we have such a thin squad, and Kakar is looking more and more tired every game that passes and I feel like it, it's kind of weird for me as a fan that wants us to do well in the league and be successful and make the playoffs that we're going to try and fit a game in. I know it's a home game but it's still an extra 90 minutes on players legs and we still got the summer to come up with a lot of losses. I, I don't think it comes at the right time. We're still trying to find our feet and we're still waiting to people come back from injuries. Um, but as a season ticket holder I'm glad that I get a free game. <laughs> oh no, you paid for that game, my friend. I know, but you, it, it's nice. They make you think you get it for free. That's true. That's well, true. I guess it is worth saying. You know, some people seem like they're a little bit disappointed by this matchup. Like, like you say, this isn't exactly a top tier team. They were just promoted starting this year, so they haven't even played yet in in Serie A, the, the top provision in, in Brazil. I read a comment on uh, uh, Facebook from an Orlando City fan. Said I used to live a block away from the uh, Ponte Preta Stadium. Uh, I've been to a lot of them. A lot of their games growing up. Their team is not very good. Anytime you want to diss another team, you say that they are that state's version of Ponte Preta. So <laughs> that's, that's not exactly uh, strong words. That's just one fan's opinion. But uh, I'm not exactly convinced that this is necessarily a top tier South American club. I, and, all right. And, so maybe they're QPR. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This might actually be good, you know, not necessarily for first team action, but maybe for second team action. You know, so you know, like you said, this isn't necessarily the best team out of Brazil. So maybe you know, you have guys who don't necessarily get playing time all the time, like you know, Luke Bowden, Tyler Turner, Tommy Redding, you know, those kind of guys, and play them, you know, against uh, you know this Ponte Preta team. Uh, you know, maybe throw Kaká in there for a few minutes just because of you know Brazil and the fans and everything, but. Mm -hmm. You know, this is this is a good, you know, chance for the young guys to get some action. Yeah, and I don't see Kaká or any of those stars really going. Certainly not beyond a half of that game. Uh, so the top guys that are really being counted on are probably be preserved for the most part. Kaká being Brazilian is going to have to probably make an appearance, uh, but he doesn't have to play hard. You know, it is a friendly. And I think we saw in the preseason that he didn't look like he looks in the regular season. We see the real Kaká. You know, against uh, New York City FC and, and DC United, we saw the real Kaká. We, we're, I don't think we saw him against Charleston Battery for those 39 minutes or whatever they played out there. But um, I, to me, it's okay. It's good. You know, you're bringing in a Brazilian team. It's top flight Brazilian team. It's a good test for a bye week and you know, getting some guys minutes uh, from the reserves and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's fun. I think as long as everybody gets through it healthy, it'll be a good experience. And I think in the summer, uh, when the European leagues are off, we might see a bigger name come into Orlando for for one of those friendlies. I think. You, uh, who do you guys? I think you got to see a Roma. See? I think you got to see a Roma again. I really do. Um, I got a feeling that since that partnership still exists, they're definitely going to come back to town, and they've always been able to sell them. Um, mm -hmm. 
I don't know if we have the ability to get a big na- a big Premier League name yet, though, but I would love to see it happen. We have to imagine well, that Sao Paulo will probably make a trip up here, too, to Kozol team um, down from Brazil. Possibly. That seems like that's a good, you know, sense. other good candidates. Um, other good candidates, I think Stoke City is a candidate. Benfica good. is a candidate. Um, so maybe one of those or, you know, I, I don't know if there's anybody in La Liga or, you know, some of the German teams have a, a relationship with the city of Orlando, having come in for the uh, Florida Cup. Yeah. So we could see that as well. Let's turn our attentions to Saturday night, fellas. Um, Columbus Crew SC, uh, a very good team last year, especially in the second half of the season. A, a team that looks a lot like a mirror image of Orlando City in the way that they play, but they're much more experienced and have even played in the playoffs, albeit briefly last year. Um, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on how the game might unfold. We'll start with Andrew Harrison. Uh, I think it's going to be a wide open start. I think people are going to still be finding their feet. I think our second road game will buoyed by actually playing in a intense atmosphere out of Providence Park. We're going to come in there. We're going to be able to put a little bit of a grounding on it. Um, I feel like Columbus might snatch one initially in the first half and then we will find our feet and maybe if Laren doesn't disappear in the second half, I think we've got a chance to run out 2-1 winners. Um, I think it is going to be a close game, though. They do have a really strong midfield, and if they see people like Will Trapp come back in, I think they're going to dominate and actually be one of the first teams to really challenge us in midfield and packing it and stopping the ability for us to pass through their line. Yeah, and I've seen a couple of their games this year. They they played Houston in week one, and I watched that game, and they, they dominated Houston and got Tyler Derrick uh, for their trouble. Um, and lost 1-0, but uh, they they definitely outplayed Houston in that game. I saw them uh, beat a, a 10-man Toronto team as well. I do I do watch them from time to time because I'm from Columbus, and I, I've kept an eye on them for years, and they've got a really nice team if you look at their all their parts. I mean, you got this huge guy, Chani, in the middle of the midfield who kind of, you know, makes things go. You've got Federico Iguain who plays sort of the caca role of facilitator and is also equally adept at scoring goals and, and hitting set pieces. Uh, you got Justin Miram and, and Ethan Finley on the wings bombing forward uh, that can get into tight spaces and make good passes. Uh, Miram's very good at long-range shots. And uh, Kai Kamara is their is their striker up top. So they got a lot of nice parts and their, their defense is solid too with Michael Parkhurst and Emmanuel Pogatetz. In the middle, Pogatetz reminds me a lot of Colin. Big guy, physical, um, is a you know, likely candidate for a yellow card on any given night. And uh, and like our outside backs, Shea and Ramos, they've got uh, Grana and um, Francis usually, but it, it probably uh, will not be Francis as he's still limited this week. Um, so, uh, you know, overall a nice team. They've got their, their Akugo is Will Trap, And, uh, you know, they're a team that can cause anybody problems. With two teams that like to have possession and like to attack, Andrew Marcinko, how does that battle get decided, really? Well, I, I'm going to build on what you said a little bit, and make it, I guess, a hot take or a bold statement here. I think Colum- <laughs> I think Columbus is a poor man's Orlando right now. If you look at those matchups you just mentioned, uh, Iguain is a good player. He's no Kaká. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Pokatex is as good as Colin. I, I think they're they're similar. Their style is the same. They're going to play the same formation. But I think they're just weaker at a lot of positions. 
I'd take Molina over Finley, and I think Rivas gives it more than Merrim. There's a lot of positions where we're just similar but better than them. Uh, and I, I think you can look at their matchup last uh, week versus the Revolution uh, in something that will sort of ring a bell to Orlando City fans. They held 57% of the possession, yet managed zero shots on goal. I know Orlando fans are going to cringe when they hear those kind of stats because that's sort of been a similar uh, a similar story for Orlando. But I honestly think, though they're similar teams, Orlando just has an advantage in a lot of positions skill-wise, and I think we're, we're in line to have a good day against them this weekend. All right, well... Um... Saturday night at a very kind of a difficult place to play. Not not a Providence Park, but uh, Mafre Stadium, which, I, God, it makes me just grit my teeth to say that. I really still want to call it Crew Stadium. Uh, it's always, always Crew Stadium to me. Anyway, it's it's a pretty good home atmosphere, especially on, you know, weekends when the weather's nice and it should be should be decent in Columbus this uh, Saturday. And it will be interesting to see how many people make their way over from the Ohio State Spring Game, uh, which takes place that afternoon. Um Austin, what's the key matchup to you on the field? Like, what head-to-head matchup do you think is going to decide this thing? Hmm. Well, last time I said just score goals, and we did. So, you know, (laughs) I'm one for one, I guess, on key matchups. Um, I'm going to say shut down Kai Kamara. He's been, you know, very good over the years. Um, You know, he was obviously with uh, Sporting Kansas City for a number of years, then ended up going to Middlesbrough, so he knows Seb Hines fairly well, and Seb Hines knows mm-hmm. him very well. So hopefully that will help yep. in shutting him down. Uh, but he's a, he's a proven goal scorer. Um, you know, he's he's I believe leading the team for Columbus this year, and um, you know you just got to watch out for him. And if we can shut him down, uh, hopefully you know Orlando will will win. Yeah, Camara is a good friend of Hines. In fact. Um... When I asked Seb Hines at the beginning of the year what made him decide to come to MLS, he said Kamara was one of the reasons, said it was a great league and that he would do well here. So um, some we, some of what we have to thank for having Seb Hines is, or one person we have to thank for Seb Hines is Kai Kamara for talking up the league a little bit. So, gentlemen, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Before uh, we bring in our guest, I want to get to something I call Ask TML. Um we asked on, on Twitter for some questions, and uh, some of our Twitter followers have dropped in some for us, and so we're, uh, we're going to ask them. And, uh, of course, just as I say that, I lost my first one. Okay, here it is. KTA asks, is it unreasonable to expect this team to win the MLS Cup in its first year? Um I'm going to say that whatever that sound was, it means yes. Yes, it's that was unreasonable. The, ch- the championship horn, guys. Come on. Guys. <laughs> okay, I didn't. I didn't recognize it in my headphones. Uh, what do you? What do you guys think? Is is KTA crazy, or is this team winning the MLS Cup in its first year? I think she's crazy. I, she or he is crazy. It's 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 too much. I mean, I'm all excited about it. I love that we got to whip out the championship horn and and go for that here, but I, I just don't see that as a realistic possibility. You look at teams like L.A., who are, I think, three out of the last four here, and, and you know, Seattle trying every year to win. This team's even if, if by some miracle we were able, able to make it out of the Eastern Conference uh, against some very good teams, I think those Western Conference teams are just incredible. I think Orlando fans should be content to try and make the playoffs here. 
maybe win around, maybe win two rounds if we're having a good season. That would be a success by anyone's account here for the first season. Anyone else got anything to add? Well, <laughs> if you don't mind, uh, KTA, <clears throat> he is a troll, <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, he, he, I've known him for years, personally. Uh, he loves to uh, kind of mess with Orlando City fans. And uh, kind so is this of, a personal friend of yours, or just somebody you know? Uh, he's a friend of a friend. Uh, but I, I who's know le- who's letting Austin's friends in on the STML? Gosh darn it, I, Again, he, he <laughs> loves trolling Orlando City fans, and he will jump at any opportunity. Anytime I, I say something about Orlando City, he'll, he'll comment on it. So um, he's just kind of trying to feed the fodder here. He's, he's good friends with Ted Westervelt, if you guys know him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ted. yeah, there you go. Well, then let's beat him and just say we're going to go all the way. We're going to win 11-0 in the final. Why not? But how, but seriously, how do you guys feel about uh, promotion relegation? <laughs> don't, start, don't start that now. Come on now. We don't have enough uh, podcasts for that. Um Let's move on to Chris Wimmer, who wants to know, do you think Orlando City should have tried to sign Kenny Cooper? Um, Andrew Harrison, let's start with you. Should we have tried to sign Kenny Cooper? Uh, I think that really is Cooper is on a bit of a downslope. I probably wouldn't have wanted to sign him off waivers because we would have had to take that big contract that he's he's got to be on. And I think that we just have to hold the faith. We've got to get Patterson back, and I feel like they'd be very similar. We'd, we'd be doing a big contract for a stopgap measure, um, and good luck to him up in Montreal. I think Montreal needs all the help it can get, even if it does win by a long hope, the CONCACAF Champions League. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice to see my, uh, an MLS squad win, uh, win CONCACAF Champions League. Anybody else uh, have an opinion on Kenny Cooper? I think Andrew says it all there. That, that's, I mean, he's not really the perfect fit for our system. We don't have a shortage of forwards. We're trying to figure out one that works, but we've got plenty of forwards and plenty of talent. Uh, I, I just don't think that, like Andrew says, the contract would be worth it in that situation. All right. So there you go, Chris. Uh, I'm going to agree. I don't think uh, I don't think Kenny Cooper was the right fit, and uh, I understand it because of the way the waiver had had gone, I think we were actually were ahead of Montreal in that uh, in that uh, particular uh, order, and we obviously didn't sign him, so we had our chance and said no. So anyway, that's Ask TML. I think I thought could have swore there was another question, but I can't find it now because I'm blind. So uh, if you didn't get your answer, your question answered, please uh, write us at themainland at gmail dot com, or you can hit us up on Twitter. At the mainland, you can ask us anything. It doesn't even have to be soccer related. We'll tell you, you know, what kind of socks to buy or where to go for dinner or anything. Really, there's there's no bounds. There's no no holds barred. So, but thank you for your questions, and uh, this will be a regular thing moving forward. So, um, get those questions into us every week. Joining us on the mainland podcast this week. From Massive Report, we uh, we welcome to the program Pat Murphy. Pat, how you doing tonight? Pretty good. How are you guys? Oh, uh, we're all peachy. We're coming off a two nil win uh, over Portland on the road, which is always uh, nice to have three points in your pocket coming back from the road. And uh, we're going to look to do it again up in uh, up in uh, Columbus Crew territory. I'm sure you're you're hoping that doesn't happen. But um, uh, you know, I wanted to start out by asking you, Pat, about 
this crew team because it's had a very weird opening to the season with bye weeks already and then two road we- road games in a single week and an Iguain suspension and some injuries and all kinds of stuff. What is, uh, what's the beginning of this season been like for the crew? Yeah, it's been rather uh, hectic and then not hectic and then hectic again. Um, they started off with, you know, two games back-to-back weekends, kind of your normal schedule. But even in those games, um, they were without Justin Merrim for first one due to a red card in the playoffs last year. And Tony Chani got suspended by the league for the second game. So um, even, you know, early in the season, Greg Berhalter didn't have his full choice of uh, of players, and then a week off, and then they're back at it, and you know that was when they lost to New York, and what was probably their most disappointing performance of the season, and again without people, and then Iguain got a red card, and so he was out for the Vancouver game, which was four days before the New England game, and so they rested some players there, and it's just been a, a hectic. Uh, hectic beginning but this kind of begins the start of normalcy for the team so who, who's the who's the danger man that orlando city needs to be you know watching we, we know frederico Iguain, uh finley's played well who should orlando fans really be paying attention to in the match this weekend yeah, I think both of those are good names. Um, I think Merrim also is is someone he he and Finley both had breakout years last year. Um, you know, combining sure. for 19 goals, I think is what it was um, coming from the wings and and the way that the team plays, the wings kind of push in a little bit and support the the forwards, but uh, or the forward I guess. Um, but Kai Kamara is a guy that uh, MLS fans know, and he's a guy back in the league this year, and he's already got three goals for the team. Um, he's playing in a different role than he did last in the league when he was with Kansas City, um, where he was more kind of on the right-hand side of a three-man attack, and now he's the center striker. But uh, so far, he seems to be adjusting to it well. Um, you know, he's a fun person, fun player. He's, he's entertaining to watch. Um, obviously, he's more fun when he's scoring goals and celebrating. But even when he's not, you know, he creates space for other people. He seems to work well with Iguain so far. And and uh, he's been he's been better than I think some people expected, just because they weren't sure how he would do in that that lone striker role. Now, Pat, um, you know, obviously we said Orlando's you know coming off that big two 0 win up in Portland. Um, from what you've seen, if any, of Orlando City, how do you think uh, your crew match up against Orlando, and you know what what's the big thing for them to to try and get a result? Yeah, I think you know I've seen I won't seen two games I watched the most recent game um, and I watched the first game and I've seen bits and pieces of, of other games um, I think it'll be interesting to see the wing play um, Columbus likes to push those fullbacks forward um, and when they do that will trap and plays the defensive midfield role kind of drops in with the center backs but those those outside backs are encouraged to, to push up quite a bit and I know Orlando likes to do something similar especially with Breck Shea out there um, so it'll be interesting to see who can kind of win that battle. Um, I think obviously in the midfield with you know Kaká is, is obviously the guy that, that fans are talking about and are excited to see. So containing him will be crucial for Columbus, while containing Iguain will be crucial for Orlando. Um, you know, obviously Kaká is, is a more well-known player, but they both have special ability. Um, set pieces are dangerous with both of those guys out there. Well, and so. I, I think the matchup question is a good point, too, because you're really looking at, at fairly similar teams. I think they're both going to play a 4-2-3-1 would be my bet, and they're right. both really possession-oriented. I think I read that Columbus had like 59% of the possession or something last week uh, versus yeah. New England or a high number like that, so similar-minded teams as far as uh, formation and possession. 
Yeah, um, Burhalter really brought that possession style um, to Columbus when he took over last year. They want to keep the ball in, in all but, I want to say, three or four games last season. They they led the possession um, battle, so to speak. Um, they did, in the Vancouver game, deviate from that quite a bit and played much more defensive. You know, like I said, they rested some players before the New England game. And, you know, so it was, it was kind of different to see because last year they stuck to that style. But, you know, Burhalter's been consistently preaching, you know, we want to take our, our style to the other team, attack them, and, and make them work to get the ball back. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, matchup to me because the, the the styles are so similar in the way the teams like to play. They like to possess the ball. They like to attack. They like the uh, the short passing game and set up scoring chances. And I, I think the difference I see between the two teams right now is that you know Orlando City doesn't have an equivalent uh, to Justin Miram and and Ethan Finley. Our guys are still sort of working their way up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaká and, and Iguain play, you know, very similarly in their roles uh, in, in orchestrating the attack. So it, it's really um, kind of a mirror image. What do you see as the one-on-one matchup that, that could decide this game if it's, you know, close throughout? Well, I hope just for, you know, your, the fans' sake of Orlando that they get to watch Will Trapp. He's been dealing with some concussion issues, and he actually stayed um, in New England to uh, work with a specialist. But he's, Berhalter said today, he's going to be day-to-day. So hopefully he'll be in there because I think watching him and, and Tony Chani try and deal with Kaká will be very interesting. Um, you know, Trapp's a, a much more technical player um, than Chani, but Chani's got size. You know, he's the biggest guy on the team. He's physical. And seeing how Kaká does when, when matched up with someone like that, I think will be really interesting and, and go a long way to you know, how each team does in this game. Now talk a little about a little bit about your back line. You actually have some some pretty quality players back there. You, you might call it a strength for your team. Uh, Michael Parpers is a big name that uh, some U, uh, U.S. national team fans might recognize, but also Chris Clute is a quality young player who has a lot of potential. Do you see that as a strength of your squad this year? Well, it's funny. Um, well, actually, they they told us at the beginning of the season it is now pronounced Chris Clutie, so we had to. Oh, really? That yeah, he, he he finally <laughs> decided to tell the tell the league that they'd been pronouncing his name wrong for two years. My, my apologies, um, Chris. Yeah, it was everyone's <laughs> apologies, but uh, yeah, I think that was the idea going into the season, and I think we have seen it at times. They played well in the opener against Houston. Um, they gave up a goal, but for the most part, the defense played well. Um, they played well against Toronto, but there was Toronto was down to 10 men for the entire second half. Um, and then recently, you know, the New York game, Michael Parkhurst um, gave up a ball that led directly to a goal on a bad pass. Um, and Emmanuel Pogatetz, his partner in the center back, um, committed a foul for a penalty kick. So, you know, sort of uncharacteristic mistakes from those guys. And then similarly out in Vancouver, the team just kind of shut off a couple times and both times led to goals. Now, like I said, against Vancouver, you know, they had Hector Jimenez back there and he's played split time in Columbus between right back and in the midfield. But, you know, still a guy who's had experience there. And to see some of those guys not get the job done was a little surprising. But I think when they have their their first choice group, um, you know, Cludy's played well. He's probably behind Waylon Francis on the depth chart at left back, but he 
Francis is dealing with a bit of a sprained ankle that kept him out of both the games last week. So it'll, we'll see who starts there. But I think they're similar players. Um, Francis is a little bit more familiar with the, the style of play just because he was here last year. Um, but, you know, if they can get those those three with Pogatetz and Parkhurst and then Hernan Grana, who's a guy that the team acquired in the offseason from Boca Juniors, who's uh, been exciting to watch kind of um, – you know, former crew SC player and, and national team guy like Frankie Hayduck, you know, he gets down the wings a lot. You know, he'll get into the box at times. He scored two goals in the preseason. So, you know, he's a guy that fans have been excited about because he, you know, just bombs down that right-hand side, but also a pretty solid defensive player. Um, so I, I think ultimately the strength of the, the defense, or the defense will become a strength. I think there's been a few miscues early on that have been kind of head-scratching, but I think it'll improve here. Pat, uh, you know, you'd said you'd watched the the last game against Portland. I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. Kyle Laren, uh, because that you know, last game was his first start and his first right. goal, uh, and he's most likely going to be the starter, you know, come Saturday. So, um, what do you take away from his his performance against Portland? Well, that was a great goal. I think anytime you can score with your chest like that, it's uh, it's pretty impressive. But uh, I, I'm not sure he had a choice. It was either. <laughs> Let the ball go through him or knock it in the net. Yeah, I mean, he should he should have clearly gone with the uh, the Clint Dempsey uh, crotch thrust option is my preferred method of scoring, but the chest is a close second. Well, I think the the point you can take away from that is he's in the right place at the right time, and he you know whether it was just his body hit the ball and it went in, or you know he did something. I think that's a sign of that's a good sign for a striker. Um, you know it you know it's harder to tell on television, obviously, but it looked like. He had good movement, um, you know, and I think when you're going up against an uh, experienced defense like Columbus is, you want to pull people out of position um, and then, you know, allow space for other guys to get in there. And it looks like he's capable of doing that. Um, obviously, he's a young player, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he can do that consistently. But, um, you know, he was, I thought he was fairly impressive in, in that last game. Well, Patrick, we're not going to keep you uh, any longer, really, because we know you got a soccer game tonight, and that's very important. <laughs> I do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting you brought up Grana because he's. Uh, I wish everybody could see this game live nationally, uh, because two of the more underrated right backs in the league in this game, Grana and Ramos, both are very similar. They get forward very well. They defend very well. Very quick players, and uh, it would be interesting to to be able to let people see those two because I think those two are are players that are underserved in the, you know, hype department, I guess you'd say. Yeah, it's not often um, you, get, you get a lot of hype on the, the right back. Well, speaking, <laughs> yeah. speaking of right backs, I'm glad we got a Frankie Hayduke reference into this podcast somewhere. I think that's the, a first for us and a great, maybe underappreciated uh, U.S. national team and American soccer player guy. Well, Frank, yeah, Frankie's... He'll be guy. up there in Mop Frey Stadium, won't he? He'll be waving a flag and drinking a beer at some point. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's still very much around the team, and, and the fans here love him, so... Oh, cool. uh, He's he, his name comes up quite a bit in these parts. Well, Pat, before we let you go, we need to get your uh, your your prediction for Saturday night. What do you think the score will be? Who do you think will get the goals? How do you think they'll happen? That kind of thing. Oh, I'm terrible at these things, but I'll I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> um, I'll go two one Columbus. Sorry guys. Um, I'll I'll let's say that they happen. You know, one one maybe at halftime or right about halftime. Each team scores. Um, and then maybe a late winner, uh, maybe an, an Iguain free kick or something like that. I have a feeling Kaká is going to, to play a big role, especially if, if Trapp's not out there. So maybe he gets on the score sheet as well. All right, well, Pat Murphy from Massive Report, thanks so much for being with us here on the Mainland Podcast. And uh, 
Aside from Saturday night, good luck the rest of the way. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Well, that's just about it for another Mainland Podcast. We want to thank our guest, Pat Murphy of Massive Report, and uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday night in Columbus, Ohio, when uh, we get our first back-to-back road game for Orlando City SC. Uh, before we get out of here, of course, we've got to make our bold predictions and be incredibly wrong again, as we as we have proven to be time and time again. But it's fun to make predictions anyway, so we're gonna, just going to keep on doing it. And so Columbus at home against Orlando City. Um, Orlando City sitting third in the table in Eastern Conference. Uh, what do you guys think is going to happen? We'll start. We'll, let's go around the horn. We'll start with Austin. Then we'll go Andrew M. and then Andrew H. and then I'll give mine last. Hmm. All right. Well, we were all wrong last time. Mm-hmm. So thinking I'm it's going to be wrong because we copied off Andrew's again. paper. That's why <laughs> we all did. But uh, thinking that I'm going to be wrong again, or maybe right. Who knows at this point? I'm going to go two one. I'm going to have Kyle Laren scoring a. Uh, screamer from the outside of the 18-yard box, and I'm going to have Carlos Rivas chipping the keeper. Bold okay. prediction right there. There you go. That, 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 was, that, was, that was pretty bold. I like the exact like the wording of the goals. That's just impressive. I'm not even gonna, not even give that a try. Um, I, not even impressed. He didn't give the minute. Nail <laughs> <laughs> oh. that, and then you really get some credit, Austin. Um, I think, I mean, I feel confident. I feel a lot of momentum. Obviously, the game against uh, uh, Portland was really good. But at the same time, this is going to be uh, a second consecutive road game for Orlando City. I'm still a little bit worried about Breck Shea coming off uh, three games in eight days here. He's going to play for the U.S. national team uh, Wednesday night against Mexico and then fly straight up to Columbus. Um I think we're playing well enough. I think we're sort of on a hot streak. We can probably pull off the tie, but I really hesitate to say we're going to go into Columbus on a second straight road game and win. They've been playing decent as well. I'm seeing this being a 1-1, maybe a 2-2 tie. Still a solid point on the road, though, for Orlando City. All right, Andrew Harrison. Uh, I'm going to follow Austin's lead and uh, pretty much confirm what I said before. I think we go in, we win with a 2-1 two win. Two win. Uh, they grab the first goal, probably a Kamara or a uh, maybe Zachani from outside the box. Um, and then we manage to get we get a bit of a talking to at halftime and we come out and we make some. I'm hoping we get some earlier game substitutions and we manage to grab another away win. Um, I feel like away from home right now, we're just doing that a little bit better. I feel like we've got a bit more to prove, and I still think they're going to get another win this week. Well, I'm in the unenviable position of my pick coming last and probably having to look like I'm copying somebody, uh, unfortunately. But um, the thing that bothers me about this game for Lando is it's second straight road game, as you mentioned, Andrew, and but the bigger issue to me is that I don't think the scoring issues have gone away just because they got two at Portland. I mean, they needed a penalty to get that second one. Um, so I think Orlando City maybe scores one goal in this game. The crew has a pretty good defense. Even if they have been a little leaky at times, I don't think they're going to leak more than one. Uh, Steve Clark's a good stop, uh, shot stopper as well, so that's something that we didn't talk about. Um, so I think Orlando City gets one, and i I got to think that Columbus can poach one at home um, the guy that really scares me, I mean, other other than the obvious uh, 
Kamara being a, a you know a goal scorer and and Iguain being a you know a, a very creative player and a good set piece taker. The guy that scares me is Justin Merrim because he I've seen too many of his long range goals. I mean he could turn something that doesn't even look like it's a, a dangerous situation into a goal from 30 yards away. So uh, I think maybe Merrim surprises. Maybe Orlando City gets that one nil lead. And then Merrim breaks our hearts late in the game. Maybe not quite in stoppage time, but so I'm going to go with a 1-1 tie as well. And uh, ride or die with Marcinko. There you go. Wise words. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So um, before we get out of here, I do want to say that uh, we are looking for sponsors for this particular uh, broadcast. I hope you like what you hear. Uh, If you have a business and you would like to to, uh, support us and uh, get the word out, you know, we can talk offline. You can write us at themainland at gmail.com. The, the mainland is T-H-E-M-A-N-E-L-A-N-D. Like a lion's mane, not like Main Street. Um, the other thing I want to say is, hey, we're happy to be on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. So look for us there, obviously on Blog Talk Radio. So if you're catching us on the uh, the website, you can subscribe to us, and you never have to worry about anything. You'll always get us delivered straight to your mobile device, and you don't have to come come looking. Although we do appreciate those page hits. So uh, for you know our guest Patrick Murphy again, thanks so much uh, for being on. I want to uh, say on behalf of Andrew Marcinko, Andrew Harrison, and Austin David, I'm Michael Citro, and we'll see you next week. Go City.